welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today, we believe that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. We are in a teaching series called The Sound of Grace in which we are going through some hymns and uh, we are learning from those hymns of, of what the biblical meaning, the story, how it was written, why it was written and in what situation, what is the biblical truth. So we've been learning through that and we've been on this theme called grace, the grace of God that is all sufficient, the grace of God is all that we need, the grace of God covers us, the grace of God protects us. And Palm Sunday was brilliant. How many of you was here for Palm Sunday? Most of you were here for Palm Sunday. That's great. And, and we uh, received three promises from the king, right? And this morning, turn to the person, look at, uh, look at them and tell them, next to, who's sitting next to you, look at them and tell them, it's all right. It's all right. Ask them, are you feeling okay this morning? If they say yes, tell them great. If they say, uh, not so much, you can say it's all right. Those who are watching online, you can give me a thumbs up if you are feeling good and excited about Good Friday service. It's all right. I like a talking church. The secret about me is, the faster you respond back to me, the faster I talk. The more you are quiet and you stare at me and you look like your other card photo, <laughs> it's not encouraging for me to preach. Okay? So, the more you talk, the sooner you'll go for lunch. Is that a deal? Yeah. <laughs> Only that section is going for lunch, my friends. <laughs> Alright, I'm coming with you. I don't think anybody in these two sections are going for lunch. Is that okay? Yes. That's better. Now we're all going to go for lunch later. That's brilliant. There's a verse in Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. I believe God wants to give this verse to all of us. Just hold on to this verse as I get into preaching. Psalms 34, 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Let me read that again. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. The verse is on the screen. Can we read that again together? Yeah? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted One more time. The Lord is close and saves. I hope by the end of this sermon you will memorize that verse. I believe God has given this particular verse for this particular season, for this particular series, and for today. And it might not be a passage from, you might be expecting, uh, Pastor, it's Good Friday, you're supposed to be preaching from New Testament. You must be preaching about the cross somewhere in Matthew or Luke, John, right? You must, be, you must be going through the seven words from the cross. We'll get there. 
Alright? We'll get there. Today I'm going to start from Psalms. And I'm going to preach all the way to the Gospels. And Carlin said, Oh my God, she said. (laughs) She's real. There was a lawyer from Chicago. His name is Horatio G. Spafford. He's a great lawyer. In fact, he was uh, doing pretty well in real estate business as well. He was loaded with money. And he was married to a person called Anna. The pictures will come on the screen. Horatio and Anna, they had five children. People with one child, you can say, oh. Yeah, I should say, oh. They had five children. They had four girls, oh, and one boy. Hey, (laughs) you guys behave. Five children, well-to-do family, so blessed. And this is in the 1880s, not 2000s, 1880s. He had a lot of real estate business in Chicago. He was a well-sorted lawyer. But when his son was four years old, he died because of pneumonia. And disaster hit his home, crisis hit his home, and he is left now with four girls. And a few years later, in the year 1871, there's this great Chicago fire that happened. In that fire, every real estate piece of land and buildings that he owned evaporated in the fire And all his fortune and finances went in the fire. Now this is Horatio G. Spafford. He lost his four-year-old son. He lost all his fortunes, his real estate business that he had in the shorelines of Michigan. He lost everything overnight. After this crisis hit, he realized that he needs a break. And he wants his family to take his mind off all of these disasters. And he decided to have a family holiday. But because he had some pressing matters in Chicago that he needed to take care of, he said to his wife and his four girls, I'm going to put you on a ship. And you're going to go to England. You're going to go to Europe. We're going to spend some time in Europe. We're not going to stay in America. We're going to go to Europe. We're going to spend some time Together as a family, we need to rebuild emotionally. We need to have some strength. So let's go away. So what you're going to do is you're going to go ahead in the ship and I will join you. So Anna and the four girls, the four daughters, in the year 1873, they uh, stepped into the ship and they got sailing towards England. On November 22nd, the ship struck with another large vessel and sank in 12 minutes 200 people were on board and most of them died in which all four daughters died all four daughters died but Mrs. Spafford Anna she was saved she was saved 
and somehow few days later she made it to Cardiff Wales and from there she sends a telegram the telegram will come on the screen if you look closely it says saved alone this is how it reads saved alone what shall I do saved alone what shall I do Spafford lost his four-year-old son Spafford lost all his properties and fortunes he wanted to escape from the loss so he sent his family to England on a holiday and on the way he lost all the four daughters and all he's left is with his wife Anna and his wife Anna is now sending him a telegram to Chicago that says saved alone what shall I do what shall I do saved alone what shall I do when Spafford saw this telegram he immediately got on the next ship and he started sailing towards England the captain of that ship realized the tragedy that happened and he called Spafford when they got to the point where the wife's ship sank and where he lost all four daughters when they were crossing that spot the captain called him and said this is where you lost your daughters exactly right beneath this ship there's another ship that has sunk in the depths of the sea in the depths of the sea is lying your four daughters Spafford walks to the edge of the ship he takes a piece of paper and he starts writing these lines and it will come on the screen he writes when peace like a river attendeth my way that's the original when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say he's the man who's lost his four-year-old son who's lost all his riches fortunes and everything lost his four daughters later and his wife is waiting for him in Wales in Cardiff with a telegram that says saved alone what shall I do and here is a man who is writing these words because my Lord has taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul I lost my four-year-old son it is well it is well with my soul I lost all my fortunes in a fire accident it is well it is well with my soul I am now standing over a ship underneath that ship all my four daughters have drowned and they have sank and their bodies are lying under the sea that below's roll but I choose to say because the Lord has taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul 
The title of my sermon this morning, you all already said it, it's all right. It's all right. Can everybody say it out loud? No matter what, you can say, no matter what, it's even if I lose my job, even if I lose everything that I have, even the very thing that I'm so fond of and that I'm holding on close to and if I lose it, is it really? Is it really? That's the question God is asking to us this morning. What is the condition of your heart and your soul? You might be in the middle of your pain and you might be saying, I am all alone. What do I do, God? Lord, I don't know what is my next step. What do I do, God? Lord, I'm standing alone in this marriage. What do I do, God? Lord, I don't know what my job is going to be next. What do I do, God? Lord, I don't trust people because so many people have betrayed me. What do I do, God? What do I do, God? Everything around me seems crumbling. What do I do, God? You might be sitting there and asking these same questions. Can I tell you something, church? Sometimes it's all right not to be all right. That's the reality. It's all right not to be all right. The reason I say that it's all right not to be all right is because in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of you sending telegrams to God through prayer, in the midst of all the questions that you have, in the midst of everything that you ask, God knows your pain, God knows your tears, God knows what you're going through, and God is saying to each and every single person, it's all right. It's all right. Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. No matter what happens, no matter what happens here on earth, it does not alter my future in Christ Jesus. No matter what I lose here on earth, it does not alter my relationship with Jesus. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord saves those who are crushed in spirit. Oswald Chambers, he writes this beautifully. Any great calamity in the natural world, whether death, disease, bereavement, will awaken a man when nothing else would. And he is never the same again. We would never know the treasures of darkness if we are always in the place of placid security we will never know the treasures of darkness if we are always in the place of security if you are going through darkness in your life there are some hidden treasures that God has for you in the midst of your 
pain in the midst of your darkness. If you are going through crumbling, heartbreaking situations where people have disappointed you, maybe you're just come out, coming out of a relationship where you are absolutely broken, maybe you're coming out of a financial crisis, maybe you learned some lessons the hard way, Maybe you're still going through some pain in your life and you're still asking, Why God? Why God? Where are you? There are some treasures to learn in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your darkness. Can everybody raise your hands and say, Lord, show me the treasure in my darkness. Can you say that? Show me the treasure in my darkness. There are some valuable things that God has in the midst of our pain. Maybe this is not your typical Good Friday sermon that you expected, but I told you eventually we'll get there, okay? Stay with me. Psalm 73 verse 28, it says, But as for me, the nearness of my God is my good. As for me, the nearness of my God is my good. Where are you placed in your life when you're going through pain? Where are you placed in your life when you're going through storms? Where is your soul placed when you are going through real crushing pain in your life? Is, does your soul say it is well, it is well? Are you saying it's alright, my God is still with me? Are you saying... God, no matter what happens, it's okay. I know you are in absolute control. Are you able to say that? Or are you starting to questioning God? Are you starting to ask God, Lord, why did you leave me alone? And let me tell you something. Both is okay. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Are you ready to go into Good Friday sermon now? Yes? Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. We're going to just look at one verse, chapter 27, verse 46. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out into a, in a loud voice. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Who said this? Are you sure? Why would Jesus say this? Isn't he sounding a little, by, little bit like us? Doesn't he sound a little bit like us? Yes? I told you if you want to have lunch, you better start talking to me. Doesn't he sound a little bit like us? I would say he sounds very much like us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why is this happening to me? My God, my God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? My God, my God, what is my purpose? My God, my God, what is next? My God, my God, should I go to school? My God, my God, what is my career? My God, my... We go like this and here is Jesus who is God. But yet he cries out, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? Last week we had a wonderful discussion in the Next Steps class and we talked about is Jesus God or is he man? And in Romans, Jesus, you know, it says that because of one man's sin, everybody fell short of the glory of God. And because of one man's death, everybody also received hope. You see, Jesus Christ, he was 100% God and he was 100% man while he was on the cross. Watch this. You need to listen and pay attention so closely because what is happening here is really, really important. You need to understand the person of Jesus Christ. You also need to understand God, Jesus. He was 100% God and he was also 100% human. He had 100% divinity in him and he was also 100% human in him. While he was on the cross, he was feeling physical pain and in his physical pain he's calling out as the representative of all the human pain that we are going through in fact he is feeling maximum pain on the cross I've said this many times the Romans they they designed cross for maximum pain the punishment to go on the cross is simply so that they can have a longer death and they'll feel maximum pain. Jesus went on the cross. He felt maximum pain so that you and I could never say nobody has ever gone through the pain that I have gone through. Hello? Nobody could ever say, you cannot understand what I am going through. And Jesus is like, uh, <clears throat> you should have come and witnessed what happened in Calvary. Were you there? Because he went through the pain, he knows exactly the human emotions. He knows exactly what we would respond because he has already responded the way we are responding in our pain. He's already said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? But he knows in his soul that it is well even if he dies. Because he made the choice, not on the cross, but in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying, when he was battling, when he was crying, when tears were rolling, when blood was coming out as sweat. He was so anguished, he was weak. He asked his uh, you know, ministry uh, team, he asked his key leaders, can you please pray like never before? And they said yes, but they snored like never before. They were confident in the power of the team. Peter was so confident. Let them come. I have a little knife tucked away. I have a weapon that is tucked away. I shall use my weapon and I shall protect the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
They were confident in their strength. So they were happily sleeping. When Jesus was in so much pain, he was in so much anguish and he cried out. But then he said, Lord, it is not my will, but yours. Lord, it is not my will, but yours. In other words, he said, it is well with my soul because what I am about to go through is maximum pain. But because of this maximum pain, in the year 2022, on Good Friday service, there is going to be three people who will get baptized. And to witness, there will be another 70, 80 people in King City Church in Trichy. And they are all going to experience maximum grace, maximum power, maximum healing, maximum deliverance, maximum life in the name of Jesus I'm gonna just stay here and preach because I feel only this section is realizing that we are King City Church I don't know what is happening that side maybe we can put a curtain and we can have a conversation it's a lot of young people here and I've seen the first bunch of quietest young people in the history of KCC young people except the first row God wants us to feel maximum grace, have the maximum joy, have the maximum deliverance and healing in our life. So he went through the maximum pain. And because he went through that, he has already said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then his last words was a word that surrendered into his will and he said, it is finished. It is finished. On the cross, he said, it is finished. The worship band can join with me on stage. Before we started the sermon, we read this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. It says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay, jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Everybody say, we are not crushed. We are, not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed just in this week there was about four people that got knocked down three are here one is online and they're all in the ministry team literally from uh, was, Gary when did you start this whole thing Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> me I'm just kidding <laughs> Gary got in injured on Saturday then Sunday, Jasper and the sister got uh, injured in a bike. Um, then again, uh, the same night, Francis got injured. Then the next day or two days later, Sam, he got injured. Many got injured. And it's constantly happening, was happening. And we kept on praying. And as I kept on praying, there was one there was one um, verse that kept coming to my mind and to my heart. And I kept declaring this over our church. Because it's really important that we pray. 
It's not a joke that we are part of a church. It's not a joke that we uh, get out to do outreach and ministries. Uh, we went out on Palm Sunday claiming that Jesus is king across every street and on the main roads. Uh, the devil does not like that. He wants to rule and reign. He wants to be in control of what happens. But as we walked, we worshipped. We physically lifted the name of Jesus and we worshipped. And he knows what is about to come. He knows there's going to be baptism service. He knows, you know, there's going to be heart and soul night coming up. He knows there's going to be Easter um, uh, show coming up. He knows a lot of things that is happening, right? Every time we print this list of outreaches that we're doing, we always face these kind of sicknesses constantly happening to the members of ministry team. It happened during Christmas last year. And to me, when something like this happened, it's a confirmation to say that we are on the right track in serving God. Because if the devil is not pissed off with us, if he's not angry with us, it means that he's happy with us. You don't want the devil to be happy with you, do you? No. If you want to really enjoy annoying somebody, you can try annoying the devil. You know, there are some characters who likes to always annoy people, like, you know, poke and do something. My wife is nodding her head. Yeah, I know. And if you want to annoy the devil, walk under the blood of Jesus. If you want to annoy the devil, live a righteous life. He really gets angry when you do that. Pastor, why, uh, why do all that? We'll keep him happy also, no? When you walk with Jesus, when you say, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. But many of us sing this song sometimes looking at the rear view mirror. I will, the cross is in front of me. The devil is behind me. Devil, are you coming? <laughs> yes, Jesus. I'm focused on you. Oh my goodness. Is he coming? When you choose to follow Jesus, when you choose to make decisions that is only in Christ alone, of course the devil will be angry at us. But there's this one verse that I was constantly reminded, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. You know why? Because of the cross. You know why? Because Jesus was obedient and went to the cross. 
You know why? Because He took your place and my place on the cross. Amen. You know why? Because He carries our burden. He carries our sin. And He has given us healing because of the stripes on His body. Amen. No weapon that is formed against you shall ever prosper. Amen. In fact, the, the devil can sit and build a bomb to kill you and your family. For, you know, he can sit and build it for like three months. He can sit and build it for three years. And when he thinks the bomb is ready, and he thinks that it is now going to blow off your salvation, he thinks it's now going to blow off the faith, he thinks that it's now going to blow off everything that Jesus has built, and he presses the on-off button, and he's like, uh, why it's not working? Amen. Why it's, wait, hang on a minute. Let me, let me try it. Why it's not working? Oh. Why is it not working? Amen. And it's okay when this happens. It's okay that sometimes it might feel like the devil has completely blown you up. Completely made your life, you know, into chaos. Probably that's how the man who wrote this song, It Is Well With My Soul, would have felt the same way. He would have felt the same way. But he chose to say, it is well with my soul. Amen. When the devil was trying to build a bomb and kill that entire family, and he was, trying to, he, was, he was about to press the on button finally to say that this man will completely give up on Jesus, the remote did not work. Yes. You know why? Jesus took the battery away. <laughs> Already on the cross. Anything that he could ever possibly build to kill you will not prosper. Because there is nothing as powerful as the blood of Jesus. Amen. Come on, can you stand on your feet? Thank you for listening to our sermon today. Hope it is a blessing for you. If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. We will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.